I'm Josh Boaz. I'm Matt Zucker. There are a lot of podcasts featuring top executives. But what about the next wave of leadership? The makers and the doers. The ones we're all going to work for. We wanted to meet them. Find out their story, how they got to where they are, and what they see coming for everyone. This is a spotlight on those on the way up. This is Rising. This week, we're talking to Evan Horowitz. Evan is CEO of Movers and Shakers, a Brooklyn creative studio specializing in spreading joy. They use original music and dance to share brand stories and delight audiences. In fact, Movers and Shakers created our awesome theme music, which I'm sure you all love. They also just set the record for the biggest TikTok campaign in history with Elf Cosmetics. TikTokers created 2 million videos, netting 3 billion views. That's billion. Crazy. Earlier this year, they won a Webby honoree for a musical love story they created for Match.com. Evan has actually spent 20 years as a marketer, including P&L ownership at Samsung, consulting to the CEO of Macy's, and even marketing microchips in political campaigns. He did an MBA at Harvard Business School. We're excited to hear about his career path and choices, including working at as big companies, as well as starting his own business. There will be music and dancing. Welcome, Evan. <laughs> Welcome, Evan. Thank you. Good to be here. So cool. So, I mean, you started your own business, but before that, you worked for for the big companies and stuff. So maybe there's a, a good way to tell us your trajectory and how you made choices and where did it all start? Yeah. Uh, well, my first marketing job was actually as a tour guide in undergrad. Um, I was an engineering student, but uh, I was really interested in walking around backwards campus and giving tours. And um, I got really fascinated by the sort of marketing and positioning involved in talking to prospective students. So like you have that crazy mom on the tour who's like, is there alcohol on campus? <laughs> and how do you answer that question in a way that, you know, is reasonable for her, but also is reasonable for her kid who probably wants to have fun <laughs> on campus. Um, and just that sort of exercise of positioning and marketing was so interesting to me. So when I graduated college, I actually Although as an electrical engineering major, I, I got a marketing job for a microchip company, and that's kind of what started me in marketing. So no interest in engineering. You just you did all the work. I know it's an easy degree, <laughs> and then you yeah. went into marketing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I love technology, and and it was it was an interesting transition to work for a Silicon Valley company right oh. out of school. Um, but uh, but the sort of nitty gritty zoomed in nature of of marketing, I mean of engineering work was I, I realized less interesting to me, and I actually realized I like people more than I thought. What was it like starting out in Silicon Valley? What was that uh, culture like? What was it the work experience like? Um, it was exciting, you know. I mean, I I was in college during the dot com boom and bust, <laughs> and so watched all that happen. Um, and I love just the the energy and and diversity and entrepreneurial spirit in Silicon Valley. Yeah. But it was a while before I actually had the courage to go out on my own. And tell us about that. You what did you do to start on your own? Yeah, so I got to a point in my career where I felt like I was checking all the boxes in terms of you know what I thought would make me happy and I thought what success looked like. Uh, I had this job as a um, P&L owner at Samsung that was on paper amazing and there was a lot of great things about it, but I just didn't feel very fulfilled like in the way that you would hope when you're checking all the boxes. So I, uh, I quit that and uh, I started a consulting firm working with small business owners and actually teaching them how to market themselves better. And that was just a really liberating transition. It was so scary <laughs> um, because I didn't, I didn't have any idea what that would look like at the time when I started it, but I was just like committed to try to make something happen. Do you think you could have done that small agency support without having worked at Samsung or would, do you need to work at a big company to do the marketing even for smaller companies? Mm -hmm. um, 
I think that particular job drew heavily on my corporate experience. But that's not to say that someone who doesn't have the corporate experience couldn't also start their own company doing something very entrepreneurial. Any lessons from your your time in the corporate world that you carried forward, whether in the your own business or currently now? I think being in the corporate world gave me some incredible training just at how businesses can operate, how best in class people do things. Um, uh, it was amazing to have the experience as a PL owner working with operations and uh, manufacturing planning, working with sales and marketing. Um, and really, I think I got a very dynamic understanding of the system of a business that I can translate now to running my own business. Right. And did you ever think about when you started your own business, did you, did you know you're going to you know, do it 100% from the start? Or do you think about, well, let me keep my corporate job and maybe try this on the side? Like what's, you know, because a lot of people have those. Yeah, kind of I just side quit cold now. turkey. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> I, took the risk. I just, yeah, I, I just felt like burnt out. You know, I had some money saved up. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I had a little bit of runway. And honestly, my corporate job was just, it was so exhausting that I didn't have the energy to do a side hustle. Although I think a side hustle is a great idea and I would advise people to do that if they can. Um, but that wasn't the path for me. And then uh, tell us about your, the, sorry. So tell us about the, the agency, how long did it run? What, you know, what was the, uh, what was the story of that? Yeah. So my first company, uh, Evan Hortz Advising is working with successful small business owners and teaching them how to grow their businesses faster. And I did that full time for about five years. And I love it. I love working with people who are so passionate about what they do and just, um, you know, but they're not business people by training and helping them be a smarter business owner so that they can make more money, help more people, have more time with their family. Um, and I still do a little bit of that work. Uh, but my, my latest venture, which I'm most, mostly focused on right now, is Movers and Shakers, which is the creative agency that Matt mentioned earlier. Yeah. Can you tell us about the origin story of uh, Movers and Shakers? Yeah. So it's actually a family business that I started with my husband. Um, he is a Broadway performer and choreographer. Uh, when, when we met, he was in Broadway on Mary Poppins. He's such a talented performer, singer, dancer. Um, and what happened was he was making videos of his own art just to get the word out about himself. And he'd make these like dance short films or little mini musical films. Every time he'd post one online, it would just go like mini viral. People commenting literally on Facebook, like, oh my gosh, this made my day. And I just watched the response and the way that he tells stories through music and through movement. It's so engaging. Uh, I thought, wow, you know, like companies would pay money to be able to express their stories like this. Uh, so we teamed up and we started Movers and Shakers with the idea of how can we spread more joy in the world? How can we um, take you know, his artistry and apply that to corporate messages? What's it like working with your spouse or starting a business with your spouse? Yeah. It's intense. It's, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for everyone. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, when it's amazing, it's amazing. And when it sucks, it really is quite shitty. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been incredible for us. You know, I, I'm a believer that Whatever issues you have in your relationship, they're not about the particular content area that you know you're talking about. It's just more dynamics between the two of you. So, the things that bubble up as you know contentious in our business, they are the same sort of patterns that are bubbling up in our personal life with our family life and you know and parenting. So, uh, I think it's been great to just kind of surface those. We're both big into personal development and just kind of like working on owning our sides of that and working to grow through those things. So. Um, Really, it's it's been phenomenal. Josh went into business with his brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're it's uh, almost seventeen years now. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah. a little different than the spouse, but sometimes, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's pros and cons yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, how's that been? It's been great. It's been great. But yeah, I mean, I, I think like you said, there's a 
a learning process on how to how to work together. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing it for a long time, so we have our our different lanes and different personalities. But yeah, you, I think you, you had, and I think the other part is you have to learn how to like separate your work and and your personal life, you know, together, right? So I'm sure for you and your husband, you have your your family life, and then there's a work life, and if you let it overlap too much, then it becomes it can become all consuming. Yeah, it's tricky when you're living together. And, you know, it's it, as, as an entrepreneur, as you know, sure. also, it's sort of like a 24 seven thing. So yeah, it's definitely something we're all always trying to figure out yeah. and get better at. As a business owner, do you find that because now you've done it twice? Do you find that it's harder for you to grow and to learn new things? I found when I was freelancing, and I had a small business, I found like I, I was just staying as good as I was because I wasn't getting out there and learning new things. What, what do you do to keep yourself growing? Mm-hmm. I, it is tricky. And, and there's, there's definitely, uh, there's not a natural mentorship system, which I miss in corporate. Um, but I find where I grow the most is when we take on new projects that are totally out of our comfort zone. <laughs> and we've, you know, sometimes we'll pitch a project that we're like, oh my God, we are not qualified at all to do this. But then you land the project and then you're like, okay, let's get trained. And then you find partners, you know, or people to work with. And, um, and then that's amazing. Cause all of a sudden you come up to speed on something you're like, oh, we got this. And then you, you know, you can pitch that one again next time so much more confidently. So uh, I do think a lot of it is through the partners that we'll bring in to work with and, and learn from. I recently saw you, you, you produced the biggest TikTok video of all time. Right? Yeah. The biggest TikTok campaign. Yeah. yeah so can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. So, um, this is a project with Elf Cosmetics who's our client. And, um, for those of you who aren't super familiar with TikTok, the way that a lot of the conversation happens on TikTok is through challenges, which is, if you remember, like the Ice Bucket Challenge or the Harlem Shake, you know, where there's kind of a theme and then everybody makes their own video to that theme. And uh, as a brand, you can launch a challenge on TikTok, which is just an incredible viral opportunity of a scale that is totally unprecedented in my experience. So in our challenge with Elf, we've had over 2 million videos created by TikTok users to join the challenge. Uh, and that, when you add up all the views on all those videos, it's over 3 billion views, uh, which is just wild. And when you think also that most people spend about half an hour making their TikTok video, imagine, you know, as a brand, as a marketer, if you can get 2 million people to spend half an hour each celebrating your brand and making a video about it and then posting and telling all of your friends and then they see it and they're like, oh, I want to join and they post theirs and they post and show it to all their friends. Uh, the, the scale is just really exciting. And a lot of brands do user-generated content or have promotion and contests. I mean, those that isn't new, but what do you think makes one be a hit? Like, why did that strike a nerve? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is how you set it up, I think. It, it's a, it, brands, some brands have entered TikTok and um, they don't do it in a way that's really native to the, the way the discussion happens in that community. And others, I think, really figure out how to slot their message or their their challenge in line with that. And so we thought a lot about how to make something that was really simple, would be really fun, really fit the energy of the TikTok community. Um, we actually wrote an original song for the challenge. So the 15 seconds of the challenge, we, we, we mapped out every second of that with the music to be sometimes very directional about, you know, be doing this to create consistency and have give things for people to latch on to. Other seconds were very much about giving people room for creativity, which is another huge part of a viral challenge on TikTok is making, giving people room to make it their own. So that was all very thought through ahead of time. Hmm. So this, it seems like, you know, you're, you're on the way with this idea. It's very successful. Like how much of this is 
you think your your career path to date has been luck? How much of it has been like planned? Like what? You know, what do you see the balance then? You, do you think you're going to be here with this, you know, the biggest TikTok no, campaign ever you know, when you started the business? No, like, this would go in the in the bucket of like projects we pitched that we had no idea how we would pull it off. <laughs> and, and now we're working with so many leading brands and agencies who want us to collaborate on their TikTok campaign. So, uh, and I think that is somewhat uh, a, a good example of my career. Certainly when I was in college studying engineering, I never, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, first of all. I never, was, that was too scary to even conceive of back then. So I think for me, it's much more been um, trial and error. And um, I think that the pace of my personal fulfillment has really accelerated the more that I've just been willing to take crazy risks and step way out of kind of what's cool, what's respected, and, and just try to follow those little pings in my heart that's like, what? What if I could do this? Um, and, you know, like when I graduated business school, I went and worked for a political campaign, which was not what any of my colleagues were doing, but something that seemed really cool to me at the time. Um, and the more that I think I've been willing to take those crazy chances, uh, the more that I think I've, I've really been honing in on, on my truer passions. Hey, what made you choose to go to business school in the first case, much less to Harvard? I mean, a lot of we've asked a lot of different guests mm. on the show. And we've gotten a really big range of reasons and answers about whether to go to business school or not, um, why they did or they didn't. What was the driver for you, especially as an entrepreneur? Well, I wasn't an entrepreneur at the time. I, I was coming out of my Silicon Valley job at that time. Um, so the honest reason I went to business school is to find a husband. I, um, <laughs> I don't know if I should disclose that, but that's true. Um, I was just like looking to meet really quality people. And I thought that that would be a good place to do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Which I failed. Advice. I, I did not meet my husband there, but, um, but I, I made a lot of cool, amazing friends there. So in that sense, like, you know, uh, but when I was quitting my, my job and my boss helped me with my application, and everything, you know, he was like, this is a really expensive way to get a social life. <laughs> Which was true. Um, but anyway, I did that. So you're definitely at the cutting edge of social media with producing the, the biggest TikTok campaign ever. What else are you working on? What's coming up? What are we looking out for? Yeah, well, we're leaning heavily into TikTok for 2020. I mean, we actually have started a whole TikTok division at Movers and Shakers. Um, we're very bullish on the platform for brands. It's not for everyone, but any brand that wants to reach Gen Z absolutely should be on TikTok right now. That's where Gen Z is. If you're not looking to reach Gen Z, you definitely don't need to worry about TikTok too. That that I would say as well. We're really excited. I mean, the 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 opportunity to get this kind of viral engagement through a TikTok challenge is just it's just unprecedented. And um, the top brands, I would, in terms of top by their ability to enter TikTok, have been consistently getting billions of views on their challenges. So we're partnering with a lot of companies right now and agencies as well to help uh, enter the platform. You know, one thing I noticed when I first met you and even looked at your website and stuff is that you are unique among production companies or creative studios in that you tie to business success much more blatantly than I'm used to seeing, which is really cool and refreshing. Like it's on your your front page, like you're very bold and out there with how you drive business results. Was that a very deliberate choice? Because it's just it's unusual, I think, for a creative studio. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was. It's so important to us, I think, because we bring a very fresh voice and creativity. And that's, I think, why a lot of CMOs are excited when they meet us and they see our work. Um, and we we don't just do it because it's cute or because it's it's fun. We do it because it really works. I mean, we're running, we're going against the trends where everything's about, and no one has any attention span. It needs to be snackable content. We love doing two, three minute YouTube pieces that will run as a skippable pre-roll ad 
where we'll get two plus minutes of average view time, even though you could skip after five minutes, because if the creative works and people love it, if they love your story, they get emotionally engaged, that performs really well. And we're really proud of that. So we put that forward. Hmm. Very cool. And do you see that's the same trends globally? Like is, is TikTok the platform for Gen Z around the world or, you know, are there, are there other kind of nuances as you get into Asia, you get into Europe? What's the... Yeah, TikTok is huge globally. Uh, I mean, it's biggest in China, uh, where it's much more than Gen Z. But it's really interesting, for example, with this ELF campaign that we've done, um, we were getting calls from Australia, from Germany, from brands whose you know CMOs were seeing our campaign had had spread over there, and we're like, "Who did this?" <laughs> and they're calling us to help with their campaign. So um, it's it's a truly global platform that um, China is and like the most advanced. The U.S. is coming up second, and then it's spreading also to Europe and the rest of Asia. It's cool to see how interconnected the world is. Yeah, amazing. Now it's time for thank you notes, where we ask our guests to thank someone from their past who opened a door or gave them a suggestion that still sticks with them. Evan, who are you going to thank? Yeah, I want to thank Mike Mendez. He was my boss uh, in my uh, summer internship during college uh, at a big aerospace company. And he really helped me start to question some of the basic ideas that I had about career trajectory and what success looks like. I remember, for example, he said to me, you know, I'm in this job that I am. He's kind of a middle management job. And he's like, I'm going to be in this job until I retire. And I was kind of like, what? Because I thought, you know, it's like, you have to keep getting promoted. You have to keep moving up the corporate ladder if you want to be successful. And he's like, no, like my priority is, you know, I've, I've, this is great. It, it gives me the time that I want with my family, with my kids. He had young kids at the time. And I was just, I was so confused by that at the time, but it really also kind of cried open this door of like starting to question, I think, some of the basic indoctrination that at least I grew up with. And I think a lot of us do. And I really appreciate that. And I was actually in touch with him recently and he's about to retire from the same job, you know, which he, he doesn't regret at all. And um, I just, I, I'm very grateful for, you know, his sort of being willing to be honest with sort of a, a counter a culture message like that. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Great. So I'd love to hear if you have any advice you want to leave listeners with. Yeah. Well, we've talked a little about my crazy and unexpected career path. And I just, I really would love to encourage everybody to follow your heart and take big risks in your career. I think so many of us are doing what is expected, what is respected, um, you know, what makes our parents proud or, or culturally. And, and I, I've, I did that for so long and, and I felt somewhat stifled by that. Um, so I think most people have some crazy dreams, maybe deep down or whims of the heart that it's scary to even think about, let alone talk about, let alone think about it, what, making that real. But I just found the more that you lean into that and give that room to breathe, you figure it out. And my days have just been more joyful, more fulfilled, the more that I've leaned into those crazy whims of the heart. Nice. Thank you. Now it's time for top picks where we share with listeners um, a book, an app, a life hack, something that, that we, uh, we find interesting. So uh, do you want to go first? So I just discovered the Trader Joe's podcast. This is so cool. Um, Trader Joe's is just such a fascinating company that's very different from how grocery stores are traditionally run. And they're also notoriously secretive. But in this podcast that they produce, they go kind of behind the scenes. And it's just so interesting to listen to. It's a really good way for companies to use podcasts too, to help you go. It's very clever. Yeah. yeah. It's great marketing. And I mean, I feel like I'm so much more connected to traders. I mean, I've always been a fan, but now like, it's like, I know them even more. <laughs> uh, Matt, how about you? Um, there's a new app I just found. Um, maybe you, you'll have it called Neural. 
It's a neural app. It helps you take pictures at night because a lot of us, you know, you try to take a photo at night, but you get the flash or you get a, a weird glare and you can't really adjust it. But it's purposely designed to help you take better pictures at night in the dark. Cool. Uh, so my pick is also an app. Um, it's a travel app called Kluk, K-L-O-O-K. And it's big in Asia. I was just in Japan and Singapore. And they it helps solve, like, if you're trying to, like, get an experience in, in Japan. And usually it's some of these markets are very hard to, like, get book, things booked and, like, you know, order stuff. But it's a very simple interface. And, it, like, they've solved a lot of, like, the travel kind of on-the-ground experience problems. So check it out, Kluk. Thanks so much, Evan, for coming on. And thank you for the theme music. We love it. You're it makes welcome. us very special. Yeah, I love hearing it every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. You're going to hear it a lot. <laughs> and um, tell us about where people can find you. Sure. I think best is to follow me on LinkedIn, Evan Horowitz. So we can put a link to that in the podcast. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Evan. Our theme music was created for us by Movers and Shakers, a really cool creative studio who use original music and dance to bring brands to life. It's such a fresh approach to telling a brand story, and their work really engages emotionally with consumers. In fact, they recently won a Webby. You can watch their videos for Match.com, Little Tykes, and others on their website, Moversshakers.co.